This is Courage Cast. More power, less fear, so you can make a difference. All right, welcome to the Courage Cast. This is Eric, and I'm sitting here with my friend Daniel Peterson, who's making a smirky face because this is our first podcast together. And one of the biggest things about Daniel that I kind of want to introduce you, Daniel, to people. Say hi. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So you're not used to doing a ton of podcasts, right? Nope. But Daniel is like one of the most, he built out our basement. Let's just say that. You did a great job building out our basement. Thank you. Sorry for the slope four. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's probably going to level itself out eventually. (laughs) Once you get to the backyard a little faster, so. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, so you're in construction. You've done a lot of work in construction. You're a businessman. You've been doing this all your life, really. You've had landscaping business, uh, lawn business even before that, right? What else? What other businesses? I started uh, mowing grass when I was young and it's always really been the green industry. Mm -hmm. It's evolved into becoming a general contractor and now building homes and a little bit of real estate development. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much have bought many buildings in Franklin and remodeled them and flipped some and have some... What, Airbnbs? Have some Airbnbs in downtown Franklin and just bought 30 acres out near the Natchez Trace Bridge. Yeah, and that is... Developed that and <sighs> excited about that one for sure. Yeah, that is super cool, man. But we're talking today because you and I have started a thing called The Talk. It was originally called what? What was my Spanish it was name? originally... Let's see. You have a... Since it was I'm bald, I was Pelon. Pelon. You were Pelon. And you were... Come on, it was Let's good. See. Well, there was different names. All the Spanish people I spoke to wanted you to be something like <laughs> I, a prince, a Disney prince or something like oh, that. like the guy, uh, there's Eric in, um, a guy named, a prince named Eric. Yeah. Did you know that? And there's Aladdin. Cabello. 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 Yes. Cabello and Pagan. Right. That was the original idea. Yeah. Which means, I mean, hair. The guy with great hair. Guy with great hair. The bald dude. And you're the bald guy. The bald guy. And we have a really cool logo we'll have to show everybody on the Courage (laughs) Cast. But the reason that we're we're here is tonight we're doing our, I think our second talk together. And what's the purpose? The purpose is to, oh man. Try to knock some sense into these young young entrepreneurs. Some of these young kids who have skills and talents and want to make money and want to work for themselves and do something different. But really, some of them don't have a clue of what that looks like, how you do it, from the simplest things of obtaining a business license and a tax ID number and becoming a legitimate business to marketing, advertising, and just the nuts and bolts of business. Yeah. So it's like a small group, basically, a small group meeting kind of started out of our church, would you say? It Most did, people yeah, are yeah, at our church, yeah. but not all. So it's just friends. Hopefully it'll catch on. We just want to start it as a small group. So tonight we're going to be talking about identity or who is, what does a business person look like? What are the traits mm-hmm. of a business person? So I don't know if you want to pull up your notes from our talk or discussion, but I wanted to focus on that. So I'm going to talk about some rich dad, poor dad principles, specifically the cash flow quadrant. That's what I'm going to talk about. So I think if you're a Courage Cast listener, I did talk about that ages and ages ago on another episode of the podcast, maybe back like episode 100. I didn't prepare for this as well as I probably need to, but but cash flow quadrant, 
is the principle of really the four different aspects of how cash works, how money works. So on the left side of the quadrant, if you basically take a square, divide it into four equal pieces, so four mini squares, like a four square game, on the top left is employee. So when you're an employee, you're earning cash from a business. So a business pays you to work for them and do a job. And on the left side, it's basically time-based. And then on the bottom left corner is the self-employed person. This is the person who might think that they're a business person, but they're actually a self-employed person because they they don't work for anybody. But in essence, they work because of, based on how much time they put in. So this would be somebody like a a graphic designer or somebody who builds websites or I do some podcast coaching and that people pay me hourly to coach them for their podcast and help them develop it. So it's limited based on how much time I have, but that's a self-employed person. Then on the other side of the quadrant, which is really truly business, is the top right. And that's, that is the business quadrant. That is all based on, it's not based on time. So you might put a lot of time into your business up front, but eventually you can work your way out of the job and the business will run on its own based on systems and the people you hire to work those systems and develop those systems. And you want to make sure that all of those things, systems and processes turn into a profit for the business so that it can be a valuable business. So that's a business in a nutshell, real quickly for this podcast. And then... The last quadrant is an investor. And again, this works the same way in the sense of that the amount of time you put into it doesn't mean exactly equate to how much money you'll make. There's no limit to how much money you can make on the business side and on the investor side. You can also lose a lot of money on both of those as well. But the idea is as an investor, you're basically letting your money work for you. So that's kind of the ultimate place where you want your... The the ideal process is some of the profit that you make from your business can go into your investments, whether it be stocks or real estate or any other investment, music catalog, royalties, trademark, whatever it is. If it's earning an income and if it's something that you can invest in that will earn you a residual income or royalty, that is what you would call an investment, okay? Stock investments, you know, they go up you're going to get gains. And at some point, you can capitalize on those gains. So that is the cash flow quadrant. That's basically what I'm going to be talking about tonight. That's the boring part. The guy with the hair is going to talk about. What are you going to lead us in, Daniel? Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about those four squares. I actually saw on Instagram a few weeks ago, um, a t-shirt. It's like a contractor type guy. He's got a belt over his shoulder. He's walking away from the camera. The back of his shirt says pay me for my experience, not my time. And I showed it to my son and my daughter. And I said, this is the way you need to be thinking, that you want to be paid for your creativity, your experience, and your knowledge, not for the hours that you work. Yeah. When you work by the hour, like you said, you know, you're limited. You want to be, you know, there's the story of the engineer who gets called in and comes in and tells what the problem is and just points and puts an X on a machine and sends the bill and it's super high and they want an itemized bill. And he says, it's this much for putting the piece of tape where the problem is. 
And it's a hundred times more for knowing where to put the piece of tape. Right. And that's the perfect thing. So, yeah. So for me tonight. It's, but I would technically okay. say that that guy is self-employed. You know why? Because he still, it's based on his own knowledge. Like he didn't put systems in place to have that be a part of his business. That was based on his work right, and his right, time right, right, coming right. out. Yeah. Curious. Just, yeah. just so that's somewhere. That. Yeah. No, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Okay. So what, what were you going to talk about? Because yeah, so, uh, I so, loved it. Yeah. So tonight, I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of this idea of qualifying, having the kids qualify or disqualify themselves from the idea of being an entrepreneur because not everyone is a business owner. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. And if we're going to teach this class to these kids, we have an obligation to help direct them into the proper path. Yeah. We're going to talk about the traits of an entrepreneur, whether that's being a self-starter, hard worker, being patient, being persistent, being a good salesperson, being a good self-promoter, all those kind of things. We were talking about the idea that even to... My mom, my mom was a hairdresser when I was young and we had... I just think it's funny because you're yeah, bald Yeah, I know. And, and what's really funny is that <laughs> I noticed women's hair because of that. I always... Oh, I bet. When I came home, I walked through her shop and said hi to her and smelled the perms and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I notice when women at church get a haircut or change the color <laughs> and I compliment them and they think it's the oddest thing. <laughs> I guess it's partially oh, because I, I don't have hair, but it's just that's, that's what I noticed. So, yeah. but my mom went to some kind of cosmetology school or something to do that for months and months and yeah. had to test and really just to cut people's hair and to change the color. Um, you know, firemen, policemen, real estate agents go through different levels of extensive training to be able to sell somebody a house, you know, because you need to know sure. some, you need to know some laws and there's liability issues. But there is nothing in place to keep someone from not becoming an entrepreneur when they shouldn't be. Right. Anyone who wants to be, all they have to do is go down to the local mun municipality, pay $15, fill something out, and a couple of days later, they are in business. Yeah. And that's great. That's USA. That's capitalism. That's but it's dream. not necessarily great for everybody. I feel like you're going to like talk in a poll, like somebody coming over from the, you know, from Poland. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. America's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the idea of why do you think you want to go into business for yourself or why do you think you're an entrepreneur? Uh, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of that life the, and the myths of being an entrepreneur because most, I would say the majority of entrepreneurs that I know that would tell you that they work for themselves don't work for themselves. They have made a business model of having... 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 different bosses at all times. That's the definition of a self-employed person. Right. So they say, I work for myself, but the phone rings at 9.30 at night. They answer it. Someone's upset. They say, you need to be here tomorrow morning. Yeah. They're there. And they've chosen this idea of being at a whole bunch of men and women's beck and call. Right. And they really don't work for themselves. They've just chosen to have more than one boss in their life. Right. We're going to talk about the idea of craftsman versus businessman. Mm. Uh, there's lots of people who have a wonderful skill. Uh, they're an artist. They are a master carpenter. They are, you name it. And because they have a great skill and lots of people recognize that, 
and a few people have wanted to pay for something that they've done, they think that they should start a business. Yeah. And just because you are a craftsman at something does not mean that you're a business person. And they often do not go together. No, I can tell you that firsthand because my wife is a craftswoman. She is a the epitome of a songwriter, of a creative person. But don't put her in charge of running a business. That's where I come in. That's kind of where we've been a good team is I'm not saying I'm the best business person and but man, I can definitely help that and think that way. And that's why we've been a I guess I'm just saying that's why we've been a good team. We're good together in that way if we're gonna be turning her creativity into a business. And good business people know to put people around them that yeah. know more than they do in yes. all of their areas of weakness. If you are that artist, you are that craftsman, you should focus 90% of your effort on that and bring people around you that know the stuff that you don't know. That's right. You know, the, the it was early on, and my dad told me, be the dumbest guy in your circle. All You've, you know, you've done a great job uh, of that. Thank you very you. much. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can tell we yeah. just joke around. I like picking, picking, we like picking on each other. It's kind of even right now though, so we're, we're in good shape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, even with this idea of putting people around you, there's different types of businesses. Uh, you need to identify, are you a loner? Do you want to be in your basement at a desk hammering something out all day long by yourself with listening to music and drinking coffee? Or do you need a partner? Or do you yeah. need employees? That's a really good point. Super social mm-hmm. and you need to have a team of people around you. Some people thrive in a sole proprietor type Right. You make every decision and everything goes through you and you don't want other people's opinions and some people need a partner. Yeah. So that's, and a lot of times that's a personality thing. And if I were to just comment on that, as an only child, I'm used to being by myself and I'm used to working by myself, but I don't, I've recognized that I don't do my best work on my own. I actually do better work when I have a partner, when I have somebody that's differently skilled than me we rub each other the wrong way if we're too equally skilled. Right, right. But like Chrissy, for example, she's very differently skilled than me and we don't bump into each other too much because of that. And that's that makes us good partners together. Plus, as a business person, sometimes that's the only skill you have is knowing how to run a business. And a lot of business people I know, like one guy just down the road, super great business person. But like you said, he would say, like, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. He's always asking other people for help or advice. And he's very active in that. And I love the humility of that. Like, he doesn't try to be the best person in the room. He doesn't try to have all the answers. He just tries to surround himself with Yeah. yeah if you surround yourself with more talented, more skilled, more intellectual people, you will always be learning. Yeah. That's and why I'm. If, that's actually why I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, I know. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then just one other thought on the quadrant thing and the the sole proprietor versus the investor, all those things. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know that you can always just pick to be one of those. You know, when you're starting out, oh, if yeah. you don't have money to invest, you can't just be the investor, right? So there is a season. And I would say even for myself, I don't even want to use the word dabble, but I'm probably all four of those things all the time. Well, you're probably not an employer, employee, technically. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But but yeah, those other three. But there are -hmm. are services that 
I render for payment. There is knowledge that I sell by doing consulting. There are people that I am subject to take their call and right. do what they They're want. Boss, so to speak, yeah. But my goal is to do that, to create the financial resources to be able to be the investor. Absolutely. So that real estate is making me money while I'm sleeping and that over a period of years and over a season, you're doing less of the things where you're getting paid by the hour or by the job. Mm -hmm. And that balance is shifting and you're creating more passive income. Yeah. And then if you like or enjoy the consulting or the selling of your knowledge or being in front of people and then you still always have that option. Right. You know, I'm the same as you. I, I'm, I offer my services hourly for coaching. It's not like one is better than the other. I think it's a journey. Definitely most of us, maybe you're the exception, but most of us start with as an employee. I did. I learned, you know, that's where I gained foundational skills and, and learned a lot. And then you kind of move into that self-employed. I can definitely say I started being self-employed. I had many clients. I had 40 labels at one point I was responsible for. So I had like 40 different bosses, you know, and it was really stressful. But from there, we built a residual income with our doTERRA business. We built a business with writing worship. And, you know, Chrissy's a songwriter. So we have her publishing royalties and mine as well. So yeah, I think... That's the fun part about it. For me, it's fun. Like I, right. I just enjoy the variety of it. Sometimes it's stressful because sure. it's not always clear. I wish some days I could just like get up and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it'd just be simpler, but I don't know how creatively I'd be alive to do it that way. So I think you're structured a little bit that way too, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. the idea of having to get up every day and go produce the same thing for Clock the same in. person at the same place. Yeah. Just, I can't imagine that. And even as I was younger and going out of high school and not wanting to go to college and knowing I was going to work for myself and be a business person, I did go to work for another company for a summer to see if I liked what they were doing. Right. And if they knew something I already didn't know, and yeah, this is when I was mowing grass. Yeah. And I was mowing six, eight, 10, 12 yards a week on the side between baseball and soccer. I go and work for this company and me and two other guys are doing 16 or 18 or 20 yards a day. Wow. And it took me about three weeks to be convinced. Okay. Yeah. You can make I can do much this money yourself. And I'm going to get out of, you know, I stayed mm -hmm. for two or three months because I'd made a commitment, but I was out of there as fast as I could getting all the same equipment yeah. and mowing 20 yards a day. Yeah. And then that was just kind of the beginning of things for me. So That's so cool. Yeah. Well, we're running up against the start of our talk tonight. We've got, what, like six to 10 people coming tonight? Yeah, 10 or 11, I think. Oh, yeah. And you brought food? I did. I brought chicken fajita mix for 14. Yeah, it's going to be good. So I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. This has been good. I'm excited to see what happens. Maybe you can come back and can just kind of do a follow-up. Maybe happy to do it. Yeah, maybe we can just kind of make this a regular little series because I got nothing else to do on this. How much do you, pay? do you pay by the hour? I, <laughs> this is completely free of charge. It comes on the back end with royalties <laughs> gotcha. and consulting work. So uh, maybe I'll be a referral to you. You can, yeah, there we go. We can set up a little real estate <laughs> investor class 
course for you. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. 